Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, on this Monday edition, the final hour is here. Reacting to the football weekend with you. Hot My With Hutton with Row rolls on across the Outkick Network. Coming up, Alphas and Betas of the weekend, plus a preview for Monday Night Football between the Chargers and the Jets. Chad, how would you describe the show so far? Um, Fast-paced. I think we've been moving along pretty quick. I agree. Lots of stories to hit, so it's been a lot of fun. What was your favorite game of the weekend? Favorite game of the weekend? Mine was Bama LSU. Bama LSU's up there. Uh, Texas A&M Ole Miss. Uh, Bama LSU, I wanted to be better of a finish. It was it was a fun atmosphere for the you know game. What, you know what leads I'll to... give you my, my favorite game was Bedlam. Okay. Watching watching the conclusion of that. The, I'm just the 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 four pack of teams and quarterbacks that we had on at the same time uh, between Bama LSU and Washington USC, where they're putting on a, I mean, all four are putting on a show. Yeah. That was fun. Saturday night. A blast. I, I was tuned down, but you know I was locked into South Carolina and Jacksonville State. Oh, yeah. You were uh, texting us updates. I was watching a lot of that as well. 28-28. South Carolina goes and gets a field goal. It's 31-28. Jacksonville State's driving. They're at like their, what, 30, 35-yard line. They've been scoring all game. Timeout by Beamer to save some clock with like two minutes and, what, 10 seconds left or something. Come out of the timeout, pick six. Ball yeah, game. they were they were right Sucked. there in position. Sucked. Well, the SEC 11 a.m. starts uh, minus the Tennessee-UConn blowout. South Carolina-Jacksonville State, great game throughout. Arkansas-Florida goes to overtime, right, yeah. in yeah. that one. And then all this was ending around the same time. You had Texas A&M having a field goal blocked by Ole Miss that would have tied it at the buzzer yeah. of that game. Then Ole Miss hangs on and wins. You know about all the animosity with uh, – being called a clown that Elaine Kiffin was by by Jimbo Fisher. How about Kiffin's drop during game day? Yeah, go Tigers. Yeah, I'm told. Uh, well, how about Kiffin's drop during a, one of the plays during the game where he's running down the sideline celebrating? He's doing the go to sleep sign to the Texas A&M <laughs> sideline up seven in the first quarter. I love it so much. And I uh, had to block a field goal to win it. But that get, that finish was great. Kansas State going for two against Texas, kicked the extra point. Go to it or kick the field. Oh. They, no, it was an extra point. Extra point. At that point, because they were in overtime. They were going for two in the win. How about Texas giving that? They should have. Kansas State should have won that game based on the way Texas gave it away late. They they escaped. They claimed the, the jaws of defeat away from victory on that for sure. Uh, top headlines of the day. Scorched Earth on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Uh, Bill Belichick and... What could be next for the New England Patriots? Boston Globe's Ben Volan with the report that Robert Kraft reportedly has a top choice to replace Bill Belichick as Patriots head coach, and it's not Gerard Mayo who's on their staff and turned down opportunities to either interview or return for a second interview for head coaching interviews uh, a year ago. His, according to Ben Volan, what he's being told, the preferred replacement 
is Titans head coach Mike Vrabel and now Patriots Hall of Famer Mike Vrabel. And the rumor about Vrabel, he had a, a big story about this, about how the Crafts feel about New England's future. Um, and that also includes general manager paired with whoever that next coach could be. But as Volan writes in this, Chad, two sources close to the Patriots have independently said the same thing. They believe Vrabel is Kraft's quote-unquote home run choice to succeed Belichick. Vrabel, of course, just got a new contract with the Titans in February of last year. But he's seen in the box with, with Kraft. And you know, while Belichick is certainly uh, saying he wants to coach, there's also what Florio put out last week that we could see Josh Harris trying to make a run at Belichick in a trade to become the Washington Commanders head coach. And then the Patriots, I guess, based on this, would turn around and try to trade for Vrabel. The merry-go-round here is something that can be squashed pretty quickly. And if Vrabel doesn't, and if you know you, you don't hear much of it, it's only going to pick up steam. Because I know I know Belichick, Chad, got the contract extension that was announced uh, the same weekend, by the way, where Vrabel went to the Hall of Fame a couple weeks ago. Um, but based on what... Uh, Albert Breer and others have put out there, it didn't really change what could happen at the end of this year if the two want to part ways. And the way you part ways, Kraft and Belichick, I'm saying, is you'd have another team trade for him and acquire him, which would be crazy. What would the trade be? What what should the Titans ask in return that they were going to trade to the Patriots for Mike oh, Ray? At least a first-round pick. Could at they least. get Could they get a first and a you, second? Yeah, I mean, Gruden got two firsts. Back-to-back years of first-round picks from Tampa. Well, then the question becomes: If you're the if you're the Titans, that needs draft capital. But think, let's are, not even are s- you are you giving up Mike Vrabel for let's say it's a first and a, a first and a third rounder? Well, think about what let's let's ask this question: What would Washington give for Bill Belichick? That's the first question, and then but see, once you know because that's got to happen first. I think that that. The asking price for that should be less than Vrabel. And I know that Belichick's won all the Super Bowls and all that stuff. Belichick has been a disaster since Tom Brady left. Belichick might get fired. So if you're willing to do business and trade with the Washington Commanders, if you're the Patriots, if I'm Josh Harris, the Commanders, a light bulb goes off my head and says they don't really want him if they're trying to do business here with this guy. They're going to have to fire him, if not, and go get the guy they want. So we're going to give him a fifth-round pick. Or whatever it is, and we'll take them off your hands. It'll be more than that, though. It, it, I think it, it'll be more than that. But then trades I, for coaches are generally extremely. This high. is a fun hypothetical to play, though, about what each coach would be worth to the other team. It, it feels like for the though, Titans to want to give up Mike, give away Mike Vrabel. What what would be the asking price that would actually make them want to do it? Because that's the biggest piece. Is you can't go and raid someone else's that's on contract. This isn't college football, where you can hire anyone you want every offseason you got to make a deal if it's a sitting head coach under contract with another team. So what would the Titans want in return to give up Mike Vrabel to go back to the Patriots? Then I love this scenario also. What would the commanders have to give up to the Patriots in order to get Bill Belichick? That triangle of trades and movement that could take place would be incredible to witness. So the most recent trade is Sean Payton, um, who was out a year the Saints, in return for letting him out of his contract early, got a first-round pick last year and a second-round pick in this upcoming draft 
but they sent Sean Payton and a third-round pick to Denver. So they bundled that. Um, the other trades that come to mind, Bruce Arians um, went from the Cardinals to the Bucks. That was a late draft pick in that, in that year. Herm Edwards was traded for a day, a late day two pick, maybe. And then Gruden's the one that everyone references. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and $8 million. And that is, was Gruden what fresh Bucks, off a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, yes. Right, yeah. yeah. And then he turned around and won with the next Tampa year. in 2002. And then Beating uh, his old team. Yes. And then uh, Belichick was traded from the Jets to the Patriots for a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a seventh-round pick. And Parcells was traded for the Patriots to the Jets for a first and a second. Give me that um, Sean Payton deal one more time. First, first round, round, second, first second round. round the next year, and they sent a third round with Sean Payton. Yes. Do the Titans yeah. do that deal with the Patriots? Well, it depends on the relationship between Vrabel and Amy Adams Strunk. Yeah. He just got a contract extension last year, and he has the power. He's making the decisions in Nashville. But, I mean, he, he could... He would make the decisions in New England, too, if yeah. they traded for him. If he's the dream oh, yeah. candidate right. for Robert Kraft, that guy has no, no issues giving I, up I think I, I do think it's important to point this out, though. Diana Rossini is not reporting this. This is coming from Boston Media and Ben Volan, who's been there for a while with the Globe. That tells me this is New England pushing this out, not Vrabel pushing this narrative. I think that's important to note on, uh, like, who's gaining. And also, the comments by Belichick, Chad, about he's just focused on the Colts, right? It's like the on to Cincinnati thing. You've got um, Robert Kraft and his son Jonathan, who are, you know, they're showing them on the Fox broadcast or whatever. And uh, the younger Kraft seems to be saying, we're not good enough. As one, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, they've lost seven games now. No other AFC team has lost more than five games. And th of course, they're really bad. But I think the relationship deteriorated prior to, uh, right after Brady left, and then what happened last year with the coordinator decision. I think Bill O'Brien's there because of Robert Kraft, not because of Bill Belichick. I, I think it's been going on a while contract extension or not that was reported way late and we've yet to really hear from Robert Kraft on this which is also important to note yeah I think the most likely outcome is Mike Frabel still the head coach of the Titans and the Patriots are moving on to someone else at the end of the year well it's uh by trading Belichick and having because you would have him part ways that way kind of in a similar fashion where because Kraft wanted Kraft met with Brady and it I don't believe if I'm I think I'm right in this. I don't believe he met with Belichick prior to taking the, making the decision he wanted out and he was going to go to Tampa. But he, Kraft was his guy. And you can see that Vrabel certainly loves Robert Kraft too. And he means a lot to the franchise. Yeah, Robert Kraft is a well-liked and respected owner and in powerful. the NFL. Yeah, powerful. And people who play for the Patriots, everyone around the league thinks of him as a really good NFL team owner. Right. So it would make sense. I just keep going back to Vrabel on Patriot, his Patriot number being retired or whatever it was. Yeah. Ring Hall of, of Honor, Hall of Fame. Yeah. In the red jacket at halftime saying, understand how good you have it here. It's not like this everywhere. Not like this everywhere you go. Which doesn't have to be a shot at the Titans. I understand that. But it just. It's a shot at everyone else. It came across that way.
Sure. I've been other places, and not everywhere is like this. And you could go by the rules of deduction and say, okay, he was a Pittsburgh Steeler, probably not bad-mouthing that organization as a player. But he really, really good, Chief. but not dynasty. It's, I think. Yeah. That's, I mean, no one's the Patriots. He's talking about era. the Titans or the Texans. Is what the way I took that? Yeah, but I mean, but no, even the the, the championship winning teams that were not the New England Patriots were not the New England Patriots. You know, like, it, talking about the rest of the league. I mean, that run that they were on was incredible, and even he was traded, by the way, to KC. Um, this just now from Adam Rittenberg. Okay. Um, Michigan official has confirmed to ESPN that the school has received formal notification from the Big Ten of potential disciplinary action coming very soon. That's the notice that I mentioned last week that they had this to give. This is a and, step stated in the league sportsmanship policy. Yes. So now it's open for Petiti. It was his decision to make this investigation and possible disciplinary action. It comes from him and him only first. And if it's more than the standard discipline, which is a two-game suspension and a $10,000 fine, if it's more than just standard violation of sportsmanship, then it will go in front of the committee that's made up of Big Ten personnel, officials, uh, not associated with Michigan, and they will either approve discipline that's more than what's the standard discipline here, what the bylaws, um, what the laws of the Big Ten uh, will, will allow, they can lessen the penalty, uh, lighten the load, so to speak, on, on, on coaches, on the program, on fines, whatever. They can't add to it, but they can confirm it. They can also just do away with it, which not, they're not going to do. But, Chad, to open the show, I said, I, I, I feel like if you're, you're not doing this to just do the standard violation, which is two games... And my, my assumption, I haven't been able to find this in the Google searches. My assumption is it's treated the same way as the way he was treated for the first three games of the season where he's not on the sideline on game day, but he's on the sideline and he has the whistle throughout the practice week. This has got to be more than that if you're going to open this door the way that they have. Yeah, and Adam Rittenberg posted the exact rule that's in place. Okay, um, This is the notice of disciplinary action this is Big Ten Rule 10.3.2. Quote, In the event it becomes clear that an institution is likely to be subjected to disciplinary action, the commissioner shall notify the institution or individual at the earliest reasonable opportunity. Under no circumstances shall the commissioner comment publicly regarding either an investigation or disciplinary action without having first provided notice to any involved institution or individual. That coming from the Big Ten on this notice sent to Michigan. Yeah, so they are going to – there's going to be discipline for Harbaugh, Harbaugh in, the, in the program in some fashion. The question is, how does Michigan respond to it? And, and how much of their response in, in the court system, if they're going to do this, um, involves – the potential that the information that was sent to the Washington Post or that the Washington Post obtained was illegally obtained through Connor Stallion's computer. It was hard drive. If you follow the reports, there was a report last week. I forget. It may have been from the Wolverine. Uh, and I think it was that long report from the Wolverine. They had a lot of different info in there. Yes. But it said 
possible compromise could be a two-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. Which is the standard penalty. I think that's what's coming. And also, what does a two-game suspension mean? It means he's back for Ohio State. It means he misses Penn State and at Maryland, and he's back for the big game. On game days as well. Like I, Yeah, he's back totally for that game. Yeah, but I'm saying like he misses Penn State and Maryland on the sideline game. That's my assumption based on what the NCAA uh, saw Michigan hand out. Look, it's not nothing, but it also feels like sort well, of the easy way, path of least resistance right now for the Big Ten to come back and say we've done something. Yeah. They also probably already know this is an action that will not merit a legal response from Michigan. I think Michigan would just accept this. Yes. I think they were meeting and discussing that. I think the fact that the Wolverine is reporting it, they're getting this from Michigan's side, they're hearing they're not going to sue the Big Ten with that penalty. They'll accept it and move on. And and the way that the rule reads uh, for the commissioner going above the standard penalty, it fits the description of what's happened here. But you have Michigan threatening legal action, which if they do and it gets caught up in the court system... We're back waiting on a decision while they move through the college football playoff. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. So the latest from Adam Rittenberg is that formally the Big Ten has alerted Michigan that they have uh, opened the door for possible disciplinary action regarding the Connor Stallion saga and sign stealing and uh, violation of the Big Ten's sportsmanship policy, which the the standard violation, Chad, is uh, a ten thousand up to a ten thousand dollar fine, a two game suspension. Any action against Michigan, though, I think would be a major uh, disciplinary action, and that's at the discretion of Petiti, who would propose discipline, and then it would go up in front of a committee. Um, the 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 uh, Big Ten administrators and others that are uh, working within other institutions not named Michigan. Uh, But the policy states, quote, um, actions that are offensive to the integrity of the competition are punishable. And now it's up to Petiti to determine what the punishment is or is not warranting uh, to to this point. And, And more info continues to 
to surface on this, Jeff. Yeah, this is from uh, Trey Wallace at Outkick.com and uh, was citing a story from the Associated Press. A former Big Ten staff member is alleging that he stole Michigan signals last year. Everybody following that now? Anonymous Big Ten staffer saying he was in charge of stealing Michigan signals last year that benefited other schools in the conference. Multiple Big Ten schools were part of this ordeal. These schools were given a spreadsheet of information on Michigan. Uh, According to the report, the documents were recently shared with head coach Jim Harbaugh along with the conference. Quote, the spreadsheet was compiled with details from a handful of coaches and programs across the Big Ten. He also said that he gave details to Michigan last week because he hoped it would help Jim Harbaugh's embattled program. He believes Harbaugh and his coaches are being unfairly blamed for the actions of a rogue staffer. Okay. Okay. So someone's upset that Michigan is well, in the news for this. Well, so it's a and it's a former it's a former Big Ten staffer. You know who that is? That uh, you know who else is a former Big Ten staffer? Connor Stallions. I'm just throwing that out there. It yeah, could be but, anybody. Well, I know, but I'm saying he couldn't. He's saying this guy was in charge of another Big Ten school finding stuff on Michigan. So, but but keep this in mind though: stealing signs is not a violation. Yeah, you can do that on game day. With multiple people, if you want to, peering down on the opposite sideline. What you can't do is do it off-site and as a pre-scout for future opponents. And what I'm not hearing is that this, you know, I don't think this document or uh, the, the spreadsheet is anything. I think this is more widespread than anything we're seeing from Michigan at this point. Well, it's point. also very weird that a former Big Ten staffer right. would be so up in arms about the coverage of Michigan and them getting investigated that they they send that info to Michigan. I provided Jim Harbaugh with a dossier I prepared for other Big Ten schools because I think he's being treated unfairly. What? Is this a, a third Harbaugh brother that we don't know about? Like a, a Michigan grad? That's just a very weird thing to come out and call the AP and said, I, 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 I've collected information on Michigan. This is unfair that Michigan's being brought through this. Uh, it, it, do I, do I uh, completely... I, Think this is false? No, I, I don't immediately just shove it to the side. I, I think this goes on, but the question is, how were those signs and information? Yeah. How was that obtained? Was it also, obtained by scouting other games? I'm in also going to go with what the actual people who put their name on the record have said about this. Sure, and that is the coaches who have spoken about it have said, I don't know that I've ever seen anything to this level. Kirby Smart, Ryan Walters of Purdue last week. There are others that have said, yeah, the people are trying to see your signs from across the way during the game or whenever, yeah. or the TV copy, but I've never seen an orchestrated deal to this level that we're talking about with Michigan. If that's the case, Michigan should be hit and hit hard for this. And the, look, whatever being hit hard is, is up to your definition of that. To me, it's Jim Harbaugh is no longer the coach when all this is said and done. That's the, the worst way you can hit Michigan. Because they clearly love Jim Harbaugh, and he's won a lot of games recently, and they want him to be around. Well, there are others that clearly love him by if if there's if there's a way to connect him to it, no one's doing that. Just like no one, like the the idea that Connor Stallions was uh, going to you know pull the Kirk Herbstreit travel plan and be in you know uh, on the East Coast at 11 a.m. and somehow make it to a Pac-12 future opponent game. I mean it, that spreadsheet that was obtained by the Washington Post is pretty detailed, 
prices, tickets. Um, and you have others that are sur surfacing saying, yeah, I was asked to do it. I was approached, friend of a friend, whatever. But you, there's a trust factor there. There are layers to that, Chad, that don't just randomly happen by sliding up in someone's DMs asking if they want to go to a college football game on Saturday afternoon. Of course. The information you're going to obtain, you want it to be accurate. It's going to be coming from someone that has coached the game, played the game, knows what they're looking for, and knows what's the dummy call versus not. And you're giving that back to Stallions, who's, you know, by the way, he's also put his name to this story this past weekend by saying that Harbaugh didn't know about everything that was going on with what he was doing. So he's admitting that this was going on by saying that. Michigan's put their name to this story by suspending him originally and then accepting his resignation. Just so happens it was right after Tony Petiti was on campus. Yeah, they moved on to this is not a big deal to the defense now is he did it all on his own. He, right. We had no knowledge. Guy's crazy. A lot of people. He's a lunatic. He's written a manifesto, which I still need a definition on how you write a manifesto, not a journal entry. Or a dossier. But he wrote a manifesto. It's not a mission statement. It's a manifesto that he wrote about Michigan. He enacted it all on his own. He's got these crazy theories in his head. And we just thought he was really good at breaking down the TV footage. That's going to be their defense. That, yeah, he was giving us signals, but we thought he was doing it on TV. We thought he was doing it legally, within the rules. I don't buy it, but it's also what can you prove in this? This is what Michigan's following. Michigan's writer we had on today was, was spouting back exactly what Michigan's going to say because he knows exactly what their defense is going to be. Well, Rogue agent went on his own, did this. We didn't know. Any video you see of him saying, pressure right, pressure right, and us reacting to it was us just saying, oh, the dude's really good at watching the All-22 and getting everyone's – Signs. That's all we thought he was doing. We didn't know he was illegally scouting offsite. That's going to be Michigan's defense. I don't buy it. You shouldn't buy it. Big Ten coaches certainly aren't buying it. But that's what that's what they're going to fall back on. Well, the the only like, but how do you prove it? We don't buy it, but it's up to them to prove it. The proving it comes with what digital trail was left in this text messages. What does this PI firm? What is Ryan Day's private investigator brother in New Hampshire, what does what his group have? That's, that's where you get them. But you got to have some sort of proof well, correct of me if I'm wrong. communication even, between even coaches. Even the, the Vanderbilt-Tennessee scout connection, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the post where it was said in that post, you do whatever you're doing, but you don't, tell, you don't say anything to Harbaugh about it. He's not involved about That was also one of those little details in there about how much – he wanted to know versus knew versus um, ultimately did know, but didn't know through the actual source that was obtaining the info. Yeah, there was a, the text messages you know back and forth with a former D3 coach, I think is what you're talking about, where Connor Stallions was like laughing about, yeah, uh, the big guy doesn't know. We don't ever give anything directly to him. But I think he also alluded to talking to other coaches. Other coaches, but, but specifically not Jim Harbaugh. Right. You know, it's like the Don. He's the you can't you can't make it all the way up to the top. Yeah, plausible deniability, which again with the NCAA does not work. There's now a well, clause that you're it, supposed to know. It does not work, but it works in the favor of the institution based on the timetable of how long it takes for it not to work. Yeah, right. And that's what's at issue here. And if you're going to end up in a, a court battle, 
between Michigan and the Big Ten, and it's just going to pause everything. You know, it, the, everything stay. It, you put everything on, uh, put it off to the side, and the season continues. Then, what difference does it really make? Because the season's going to play out. Big Ten ultimately still gets their cut of whoever's representing in the college football playoff for them. They're eighty million, and four years from now. We see the result of what happened with the Kansas Jayhawks from 2018, where Bill Self isn't penalized one bit. I mean, it's it's crazy how how long it takes sometimes versus common sense. And the the if all of this links back to Harbaugh, he has some extremely loyal coaches and staffers. I think it also, again, how exceptional was this? That's the big question. What Bill Self was doing while getting caught and was bad is not exceptional in college basketball. The way shoe companies operated and the way top players were paid, right? Sure. This seems exceptional. If it's true that what others are claiming that no one else is going to this extent and that Michigan is really the only one, I've said from the beginning, Michigan's best defense is that this is widespread that they can show that a lot of other programs are doing the exact same, then everyone thinks twice about what yeah. this is. It's, it's widespread. And how to, how to clean this up, right? And, 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 and the information of the other institutions where they're doing it isn't illegally obtained off of a hard drive. That's, their, that's it, their excuse. It's certainly the gist of this to me sounds like everyone in the Big Ten is saying, uh-uh, this is clear cheating and we're not doing it. They're the only ones doing it. Okay, Put your neck out there that way. If your house is clean, fine. That's what the Big Ten is saying with their coaches. We'll find out. Can the Petiti suspension that's coming, now that they've opened this door, we know discipline is coming. Do you think he'll go as far as to suspend him at least through the Ohio State game? Because, in effect, that's the best chance that he would have of keeping them out of the college football playoff or the Big Ten championship game. You know, you know what I mean? Like it, the, the length of the suspension, while it wouldn't be indefinite, you're going to have to win without him on the sideline against the biggest opponents, Penn State, Ohio State. Well, and if they win against Penn State and Ohio State without him, why do you need Jim Harbaugh? Well, well, you. But <laughs> I mean, but keep in mind, at some point, I'd be like, why am I paying this guy so much money? But, but, but also, just keep in mind, like they look good in the first three games without the, him against bad competition. But, but, but he was, he's in the game, he's game planning, he's yeah. working every day. He's just not on the sideline for the actual kickoff. I mean, they they can't do that. I, I don't see how that does anything. I think if you want to send a message, you suspend him for the next two weeks where he has to leave the program. Yeah, week of practice, those two games that affects them more. And then you're going to get a huge bump. When you, I mean, you're already going to get everybody watching that big noon kickoff game with Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. But Jim Harbaugh's return from two weeks suspension. Oh, uh, by the way, to face a team well, that maybe the dude's brother, that's a well, PI, turned him in. Well, I'm saying though, that's great. Theater. If you're Tony Petiti, why do you even go down this path? Why is it good enough for everyone barking up the tree to do something about it? If you're not going to attempt to keep them out of your conference championship game, and by doing that, you could prove it on the field, but you're not going to do it with the head coach that was overseeing things or didn't know but should have known what was going on because of the integrity of our conference affecting uh, to an egregious level, again, based on the way the rule reads, um, what was taking place with other member institutions. You want me to go deeper that, into my conspiracy that's, brain? That's how, you would, that's how you would send the message that you want to You want to send the Ohio message? Ohio State, and by the way, the pressure on Ryan Day, if Harbaugh's not coaching that game to beat Michigan... 
Massive. You want to send the message? Officiating can take over. And well, you watch. If there's a controversial call that goes against Michigan and they lose a game, you know what Wolverine fans are going to claim, whether it's true or not. Is that the Big Ten office needed to see to it that they weren't the representative in the Big Ten you, championship yeah, game? Yeah, but to, see, I don't buy into the conspiracy of that because of the integrity that that would be leaked. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm saying now that's going to throw a bigger cloud on it. Because the way you take care of it is prison justice. you got to handle it yourself. Right. Penn State needs to beat them at home. And then Ohio State needs to beat them for the first time in three tries. And then you do that, and they're gone. They're out of the playoff conversation. They're not in the Big Ten Championship. That's how you handle it. They don't have your signs now. You've had to change them. So go beat them. That could be the message from Tony Petiti also. Let the NCAA handle it. We're not going to get sued as a conference. Go beat them. Well, the, 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 so, but you know how this works with about fans. The, you know that there's going to be – Well, that, if, that the, happens, if the officiating goes bad, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to suddenly be – well, n- yes, it happens, but now there's a legitimate – they really don't want Jim Harbaugh and Michigan to be representing the conference here. So now the officials are, are taking over. Uh, sure, but, I mean, the officials – like, officiating's bad in, in any game we're watching. Like, I, I just don't – the conspiracy that, that it would go to that level. Can you imagine that the officials came no, out? I'm like, not, us, I'm not us, saying, us as the Big Ten officiating No, I'm not group. saying that. I'm not saying that the conspiracy is going to go that far. I'm saying the conspiracy theorists are going to go that far. That now oh, this well, is going to be the talking point if Michigan gets a bad call. Well, that – it's all, sure. But the, the, the vast majority of America that just want to see uh, the, uh, the justice to this but also – uh, the right thing come about where you win your way into the college football playoff instead of knowing the plays that are coming as you win your way into the college football playoff. I think everyone's rooting for Ohio State and Penn State to do exactly yeah. what they should do. They got to do it. And can Ryan Dave, what happens if he doesn't do it with our boss's spin? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fast Pace Show today, 6th of P-Biter location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Alphas and betas of the weekend, Chad. Top Alpha, we led the show with him. He goes by Joshua. Joshua Dobbs. Hey, no eyebrows, no problem, baby. That guy comes in, gets traded to the Vikings, goes out there. All he does, Hutton, is wins. With five days notice. Uh, did you see, by the way, the Vikings fan shaving his eyebrows? No. Did you see that? Amazing. Amazing work. How about Josh Dobbs. getting the social uh, phone and he's, in, he's like, uh, Vikings fans, hey, I'm Joshua Dobbs. Hey, it's, yeah, he's like, let me introduce myself. Josh Dobbs here. And uh, just telling you that I'm uh, uh, your new starting quarterback. It was great. Post game, uh, the, the game ball being delivered to him. From Kevin O'Connell, going all up of on it the shoulders was, was awesome. Honestly, the best story in the NFL so far this year. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fantastic story. Given the fact, 
What do you think Cleveland's thinking right now? Because they've been going with PJ Walker for a, a yeah, bit before Deshaun Watson. I think Watson they're fine now that Deshaun Watson's yeah, back but they, and they're in position. But they've let some uh, some performances slip by. I mean, I think that they you know assume that the guy who's the one guy with the only guaranteed contract in the NFL at quarterback uh, was going to be okay for them when they traded Josh Dobbs away to get something in return, so the Cardinals could have a stopgap at quarterback as a starter. But they but they traded away Dobbs in exchange for keeping the rookie from UCLA that wasn't even really the backup for more than a week, you know? Yeah. Um, C.J. Stroud, alpha, based on, um, based on his response to all the pre-draft discussion leading up to draft night, Houston does the common sense thing, and they take the best quarterback with the second overall pick. They then trade to three. They draft Will Anderson, who's also been playing well. Um, Chad, the numbers he's putting up, he sets the record yesterday in that matchup. And what was a classic, if you like high scoring, no defense, that was that 39, 37 against Tampa in Houston and does, does so while holding the lead, he goes touchdown, 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 field goal drive to begin the second half. And then Tampa takes the lead 33, 30 with or 37-33 and that there's 46 seconds left six plays later touchdown cj stroud sends houston to their fourth victory of the season he is the man i'm trying to chat in the youtube chat and my my posts aren't going through it's very no. weird i send one post and everything pauses and i have to go completely out of the youtube page oh. and go back in to send something and i'm being accused of being an elitist by our viewers now are saying, what's up with Chad not posting today? I've been posting consistently and they won't go through. And someone, just, uh, Jake, in the YouTube chat says, last post I've seen, Chad, was, quote, appreciate you, Jake, which was at about 2.15 p.m. Central Time. No, Chad, I've seen your posts. I just now started posting oh. again and I think they're going through, but I don't see anything after I post. I uh, have to then log out and log back in to see what chat, happened after is that. chat is a beta right now? The, the chat is a, well, no, the, the chat, is not a beta. The fact that I can't post and see my post and everyone else, that that's beta. That is very beta. Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce. No beta. The alpha. And uh, the locker room celebration. Very much alphas uh, within there. Uh, uh, <laughs> One quick they, note. They broke uh, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, they really did. The, the cigar celebration tells you all you need to know about what that locker room and organization thought about Josh McDaniels. They hated that dude. Antonio Pierce, though, they, clearly they love him. With all this talk about NCAA violations following Jim Harbaugh to a possible NFL job, yeah. Antonio Pierce had to resign in shame at Arizona State because of COVID-19 violations with both practice and recruiting. Here's a quote when Pierce resigned from Arizona State. With Pierce's power has also come to vision as coaches have lost jobs. Recruiting staff have felt pressure to blindly follow Pierce's aggressive tactics, and multiple sources said that those who insisted on avoiding recruiting gray areas was ostracized. That left a running joke on group texts and in phone calls this week about the mystery of who collected and documented all the receipts, emails, and screenshots from all the illegal activity from Antonio Pierce when he was on Herm Edwards' staff at Arizona State as 
the recruiting coordinator. I say all this not to bury Antonio Pierce for paying kids or doing whatever they were doing with illegal inducements. I say this to say it's kind of ridiculous to me that the NFL would not hire Jim Harbaugh if, in fact, an owner wanted to hire him because of violations in the NCAA. I just don't know that that's going to happen. That seems far-fetched to me, that that would stop the NFL from hiring him. Well, And I've been as hard on Jim Harbaugh as anyone just, in this whole story. It's not just violations against the NCAA. This is more than just Tom Brady getting the crew together at a private park and, and practicing during COVID. Um, this is at the heart of what Spygate was about. And if further, and again, the report to me is stating that there's no, no one's confirming it, but it's through NFL media, it's through Rappaport and Pelissero. And if you think about what the story could become, you're going to go ahead and put it out there that we're not just going to be some safe harbor. And it's because of the allegations now, uh, former staffer Connor Stallions doing this in a scouting method, not just off campus because it's against NCAA rules, but the way they went about stealing signs, which is exactly what the Patriots did from the press box in Cincinnati against the Jets. That started all this. So it's going back to that season. And since then, there has been more, uh, much, a much, strict, uh, much stricter rule book in, in regards to um, you know, electronics and that, that matter from the press box. Yeah, I that's just, what would restrict him if he's implicated in being behind what coaches in college football are saying is the greatest scouting system in the history of the world. Yeah, I, I think you do your due diligence. I just don't. I, I think the best resolution in all this is that Jim Harbaugh takes one of those NFL opportunities. Yeah, that no, he's no, had and leaves the college. I think game. they let everyone else. And do I think their due you, I think you could easily explain it away as, "Hey, he didn't fully know." I'm talking about the NFL owner in the NFL when they hire him. Also, we have communication devices and helmets here that wouldn't even be warranted to go to those links to do anything like that. We believe that he thinks it's wrong, yada, yada, yada. I, I think they'll get away with it if they want, but maybe I'll be surprised and maybe someone hires him and he serves some sort of suspension. Um, the, Should we go to the betas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, USC. And, Chad, are you specifically going – of course, the defense is awful. I'm also thinking about that post-game presser with the players. Did you see the, the, the nonchalant just standing up, shoulders against the wall? Uh, Kayla Williams is a part of it. It's just the, it's just so lazy and unprofessional with how they go about things in response to a loss. He's they either, um, they're, they're not allowed to speak or they're there you know, just to kind of be annoyed based on... Uh, the the, the uh, forgive me the Heisman Trophy winner uh, doesn't want to speak to the media but go you know cuddle his pet and watch a movie yeah wants to go watch Netflix and and cuddle with his dog I, I don't it, this ultimately falls on on Lincoln Riley does, yeah you're right as the head coach the media policy and and all of that but there's just some weird strikes against Caleb Williams the dude is electric on the field now I I've said. I have a little bit of an issue with all the highlights you watch of him are off script. It's him rolling away from pressure, immediately running, and finding someone open and buying time. He's a great athlete, and he is terrific at doing that. So no knock against him for that, but it's not, it's not your typical NFL-type passing plays that you would see with him in a highlight reel. Um, I don't like the painting of the fingernails to say F the opponent uh, throughout Agreed. his career. I think that's weird. 
Look, I like to see guys who care. So uh, showing some emotion or being upset with a loss, you want to see that. You want to see guys upset with it. Don't know how I feel about his mom covering him up with a piece of paper as he sobs uncontrollably right after the final buzzer sounds uh, in a game, you know, in a, in a close loss to Washington. I, I don't – I mean, I'm not here to adjudicate someone crying and what that says about them, whatever. I just thought it was an odd look to go jump into the stands right after the game and do that with your mom. Um, the post-game press conference was weird. There's a number of red flags here for Caleb Williams. If I'm an NFL team, that I'm very apprehensive of drafting that guy to be my franchise quarterback. I- I've seen enough red flags where I'm probably not going to do it unless he falls to me late first round. Well, they, let's go ahead and mention, too, the reports and his father confirming, like, we may just come back to college football. If the wrong team has the number one overall pick. Yeah, that's not good either. And yeah. uh, that's not coming directly from him, but when your dad speaks for you sure. and is talking to reporters, that's my problem. If I'm an NFL GM, I'm thinking your dad's my problem now too. If he's going to say dumb things like that. If you're going to talk about even insinuating about you know team ownership or whatever also. Even if it's not you saying it's your dad, your representative, that also is on you. Fair or not. The standard is higher for the quarterback position. Yes. I'm not drafting an edge rusher. I'm not drafting an offensive tackle. You're the quarterback. So everything is on the table. I am looking at every part of your life and looking at everything, and I see a number of red flags of Caleb Williams that I, that I don't like. I think some of the response has gotten a little bit carried away with the crying. You know, oh, this sure. guy is soft. And this. Right. I don't know that he's soft or any of that. I think it's weird. I think the comment about cuddling with his dog and Netflix after that loss and that look is just odd and not something I think about when I think franchise 15-year quarterback. Well, and that was his which response to Which when I'm drafted the, number one overall, that's what you're thinking. And that was the response to the question about post-game in the stands with his mom. Yeah. And, you know, the emotions he was going through. Chad, uh, what did – why why did Jim Moore Jr. have a problem with Josh Heupel following what was a beatdown at Neyland Stadium, UConn, getting boat raced by Tennessee. Well, credit Jim Moore Jr. First off, the man's in great shape. He was out running laps around Neyland Stadium the morning of the game, pregame, and uh, getting his workout in, which they filmed and showed during the game. I have no idea what was going on. but Jim, they kept passing? Jim Moore Jr. gave a, a, a drive-by handshake and said something to Josh Heupel as he gave him the handshake and ran off to where Heupel sort of looked back and smirked at him. Pre-game, there was a bit of an altercation where UConn was warming up on Tennessee's side of the field. And Tennessee took their side of the field and had to kind of remove them, okay. which led to words, right? Because they were using all 100 yards, and they told them to get to their side of the field. They made it personal. I guess they made it personal before <laughs> the game. Uh, there were two defensive tackles for UConn that were just yapping the entire game. Tennessee was talking too much also uh, to, in a game where you systematically destroy someone. I think the 59-3 to score did enough talking. You don't, need to sit, you don't need to sit and talk after every play. And talk trash also. So I'm sure there was a lot of yapping back and forth uh, with them. I, I don't know what made them mad. Tennessee was, played four quarterbacks. It wasn't like they right. left the starters in and just put pedal to the metal. They ran the offense with the third and fourth string quarterback, but it was still a majority run type game for, for Tennessee. And they had it first and goal at the three with a minute left and basically took a knee and didn't score the extra touchdown to go over I, 60. I know. So I it was a game that could – Tennessee's record for points is 70 in a game. They could have easily gone over that in that game had they tried. They didn't. I don't understand the beef. 
And what happens is Jim Moore Jr. looks like a beta after that move. Yeah. He, you know, he's whenever he was fired at UCLA, he was pointing back to his record, you know, and like, oh, we had these these many winning seasons, all this, and what have they done since I've left? All well. You could point to those things. But somebody's got to explain what was going on. Is there a history between the two that I we don't we're not I don't, familiar with? I, I don't have again, no idea. Uh, it's strange. And then, you know. And then post game he says, I'm just happy that my team you did know, it the right I, way. I, or, my team, I, I'm really. It was a tough day, but my team comported themselves appropriately, and they were great out there. I'm just really happy. Come on, dude. Come on. Monday night football tonight: Chargers and Jets. Chad, the line. I, I've got my anytime touchdown winner. Hutton. Okay, you, I've you hit, hit four on this. in a row. I'll follow you. I've hit four in a row. Let's go. Garrett Wilson, anytime touchdown plus one eighty five. Is what I got. Okay. Garrett Wilson scoring a touchdown for the Jets tonight. Might as well ride the hot hand and try to guess another touchdown score. But I'm double checking to make sure I got those odds right. Yes, I got him at uh, plus 180. Uh, Justin Herbert needs to go win this win this game on the road. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the Jets plus three and a half. And I mean, also I'll take the under. Over under is 40 or 41 now. 41 now. I'll take the under. Because Herbert can't do it alone. And the Jets have been winning tight games. I'm a believer. J-E-T-S. Back at it tomorrow.